So here we are, uh, continuing in our series. If you have been joining us online uh, or if you've been coming in person, uh, we have been following Jesus through the Gospels as he companions with others. And so I shared in the very first week of this series that the word in Latin, campanera, it means to break bread. And so as we see Jesus travel along and break bread, uh, we see and how he teaches, we see how he interacts, and then we can stop and think, what can we learn uh, as we companion with Jesus? Um, so if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open up to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, we have already seen Jesus eat with the Pharisee uh, and the sinful woman interrupt that dinner. We've also seen Jesus feed the multitude, and so today we're going to look at the story of Mary and Martha. In Luke chapter 10, I'm going to read to you verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, the story of Mary and Martha is a fairly common one. How many of you have read this before? How many of you have heard one sermon about this before? Two sermons, three, no, just keep going. Uh, you've heard multiple sermons. Uh, and, and, and so here's the danger of a familiar, or, or there's good and bad with familiar. Good is it's familiar. So you kind of know a little bit already. Uh, it, the danger in familiar is you can easily say, Okay, I'll come back to you in about 15 minutes uh, because I already know the story. I really want to encourage you to, I mean, I believe that all scripture is inspired and can transform our life. And I want you to open yourself up to the Holy Spirit for God to transform you today, maybe in a passage that you already know. Maybe it's something that's profoundly new. Maybe it's something that you're just reminded of today. But allow the Holy Spirit to work. Now, Luke tells us the story of Mary and Martha, but this is the only time that Luke talks about Mary and Martha. So all the information you know about Mary and Martha come from other Gospels. And that's important because, you know, we, we don't need to pick our favorite Gospel and say that's all we're going to ever read. We're just going to get Mark's version of it or we're going to get John's version of it. So we know that Mary and Martha are from Bethany, uh, which is a town on the other side of Mount of Olives. It takes about a three, it's probably about a three mile walk uphill to get to the temple to be able to worship. We know that Mary and Martha have a brother, right? Lazarus. And if you know the story, uh, Jesus gets word that Lazarus is sick and Jesus delays going. And so eventually he gets there and Lazarus has died. And we have this dramatic story where Jesus raises Lazarus. We know that from John. We know that there's a deep connection. Jesus loved Mary. Jesus loved Martha. Jesus loved Lazarus. 
because we know that Jesus wept in the story. Only two times in Scripture do we see Jesus crying. That's one of them where Jesus wept when Lazarus had died. So we know that there's a deep family connection. None of that, though, do you get from Luke. Luke tells us that Jesus came into a village. There was Martha, and she invited him into her home as a guest. Now, in that time, um, if you were going to have somebody come into your house, you were going to either entertain them or you were bringing somebody in to be able to speak to your your friends. So you would bring other people in so that they could sit and listen to this famous person. We've got to remember Jesus was the most famous rabbi at that time. And so as he comes into this village, Martha invites him in and she invites her friends. She invites those that she knows to come in and sit and listen to the most famous rabbi in the land. And rabbis are going to teach about going to talk to them, I guess, would be about all of the things that are in the kingdom of God. And that's how Jesus preaches, right? I mean, that's how he goes around and tells the parable. The kingdom of God is like this. And, and rabbis are going to talk about the Hebrew scripture. And rabbis are going to talk about the law and the prophets. And so that's what you see Jesus doing as he moves around. And so we see that at the table for Mary and Martha. Mary, it's interesting, is shown to be at Jesus' feet. And I think that's interesting if you even think about two weeks ago. Women were not supposed to be apostles and disciples, and so they wouldn't have been at the table. And yet here's Mary. And I think it's interesting that Mary is in the same position that the sinful woman was at, at Jesus' feet. Mary's listening to Jesus, but why was she even there? She was determined that she was going to hear what Jesus had to say. Martha, on the other hand, was distracted, Scripture says. And you hear this preach, and often I think we're supposed to ask the question, are you more like Mary or are you more like Martha? Martha was distracted, but can't you imagine that she would be? I mean, if you had a famous person come in to talk to all of your friends and all of your family, what would you want to do? You would want to make sure that they're comfortable. You would want to make sure that everything goes right. You want to make sure that, that, that everything is positioned so that they can get what it is that they need to hear from this person or see from this person. I think I relate to Martha because I think that's how I would be. I think back to, I guess it was two years ago, when our seniors went, our senior uh, students went to Guatemala, and at that time, Chad would have the families gather in one of the homes and would, on the night before they left or the week before they left, and they would gather for all that last bit of information. And so Claire and I, we hosted uh, the, the senior high school students as they got ready to go on their trip. And what did we do? We made sure that the tables were were right and perfect and it began to rain right before everybody got there and when the rain stopped we were out there and we were drying the tables we were getting everything ready and when people came in we were making sure they knew where the drinks were in the cooler where the food was going to be and as they began to eat we made sure that they needed to, anything different they knew where the restrooms were going to be we were walking around we were doing everything that we could in order to help them feel comfortable 
make sure that they got everything so that when Chad began to sit down and tell these parents who were going to put their kids on a plane to fly to Guatemala, that they would be comfortable and they would know everything that was going to happen. And so I hear this story and I think I would be so much more like Martha. I find her actions to be very selfless. We want to criticize Martha, but I think that she was doing everything she could to make sure that other people received a blessing and were blessed by what Jesus had to say. But somewhere along the way, Martha began, became irritated and she began to focus on Mary. Mary's just sitting there. And the word that Luke uses is the Greek term perispoto, which means that she is preoccupied. She's not engaged with what's happening in the moment. Now I want you to think about this because as I read this story, Jesus up to this point in time has not criticized Martha. He hasn't told her to stop doing all the planning. He hasn't told her to stop doing all the preparing. He hasn't told her to stop doing all the things that she's doing in order to make sure that everybody is comfortable. He doesn't criticize her for that. We want to jump on Martha, Martha and say, okay, you know, Martha, you're, 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 you're not sitting at Jesus' feet, and so, you know, we need to all just be Mary. Jesus doesn't criticize her. And then Martha walks in and speaks to Jesus. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Did she whisper that? Did she say it loud enough just so Mary would hear her? Did she say it loud enough so everybody would hear? And Jesus' response is, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Do you think in this moment that Jesus is angry at Martha? I see a few nods of no. I, I don't either. I, I think about it. So at night, we get home. If I've had a long day at work, if I have done, been working in the yard, I'm going to come in and I'm going to sit in my recliner. And I'm going to sit in my recliner and I'm going to watch TV and I'm going to have the remote control that is going to be sitting on the armrest of, our, of my recliner. And at some point in time, my dog is going to want to go outside and go to the restroom. And so I'm going to get up and I'm going to go and let my dog out. And when I stand up out of the recliner and that recliner shakes, that remote control is going to fall off onto our hardwood floor. And you're going to hear the bang that it hits on the hardwood floor. And I can tell you that every night when that happens, Claire is going to be like, Andy, Andy. <laughs> right? Every single night. Andy, Andy, you know what's going to happen. You know what is going to take place, and yet you don't do anything different. I think that is what Jesus is conveying in this. Martha, Martha, you're worried. You're distracted by many things. And we can look at the word and realize that it's, it's she's worried, she's unsettled, she's anxious. All of those things but he says, only one thing is necessary. Really what intrigued me by this, Jesus does not critique Martha until Martha critiques Mary. Martha was doing all that she could to focus on God, to 
to allow people to be comfortable. Mary was doing all that she could. But when Martha began to look at somebody else, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, it's only one thing that's necessary. What is it that God tells us is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I wonder if Martha began to focus on somebody else, which then caused her to not love fully and completely. I wonder how many times we get distracted with somebody else's relationship with God rather than the one thing that may be the most important, which is my own. Now, I always am going to hear this story and think about this contrast between Mary and Martha. I think about it in personality types, type A personality. Martha is clearly a type A personality, somebody who's trying to cram everything they can in to the maximum part of their day. They're trying to make everything just perfect, make everything just right. And the reason I know that she's a type A is because I am a type A. Mary is probably more like a type B, somebody that's a little more relaxed, a little less anxious about everything having to be perfect. And some of you are type A, some of you are married to type A, some of you children have children who are type A, some of you have parents who are type A's. But what's interesting is if you, if you look at what they study about people who are type A versus type B, type A's typically have like twice as much risk of cardiovascular disease, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, the anxiety problems. I think there is a very simple lesson that we can learn from this story is that as we think about how we are created, how our bodies work, that maybe, maybe we can be a little more like Mary. Maybe it's healthier for us. I think that's one of the things that I have at least learned and appreciated during the pandemic is a little bit of a slower pace is not bad right? We can appreciate the fact that busyness does not equate to happiness, doesn't make us more joyful. Think about the distractions that we have. Diane, my administrative assistant, we were talking this week and we were talking about multitasking, but here's the reality. If you go and look at the neuroscience, we do not multitask very well. I mean, they, they can tell us, they can study this to see that we think that we can have all of these balls in the air and that we're doing everything okay, we're doing everything to the maximum of our ability, but the reality is they can also tell us that when we have all of these balls in the air, we're really doing all of them with mediocrity. Maybe there's another simple lesson. Focus on the one thing. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and... You're really thinking about what you're going to do next, and you're not really present in the moment. I think that's part of what we see Martha doing in the moment. Here's Jesus, the Son of God, Savior of the world, King of kings, Lord of lords, and he is in her house, and she's only worried about what she's going to feed him rather than what he's going to feed her. 
because he's the bread of life, right? We talked about that last week. What are the distractions that we have? I saw this week an article that said that the average American looks at their phone 96 times during the day. 96 times. And I am as guilty as anybody. Claire would probably tell you I look at it 96 times from my recliner. (laughs) And she may be right. We're so distracted. I turn my phone off from 11, I mean from 10 to 11 on Sunday mornings. And I know that when I get up, when I turn it back on, I'm going to have five or six emails. We'll have a couple of different texts. I'm like, who texts me at 10.30 on a Sunday morning? But somebody will. We're, we, we have to stop and recognize what are those things that distract us because we are meant to have a little bit of time at Jesus' feet. That's what we've been talking about over this past year. We've been talking about trying to encourage you to be a to, to be praying, to have a prayer challenge. And that's one of some of the language that we've been talking about, which is us finding disciplined time to be able to stop, listen, repent, for us to stop and pray, to journal, to write down what our reflections are. One of the days it talked about, uh, and we've talked about this in our Bible study on Wednesdays, this idea that as we pray that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us the holy spirit can pray when we don't even know what to pray but also that jesus christ at the right hand of god the father also intercedes on our behalf and that we have god the spirit and god the uh, and, and god the son both circling us as we pray what an image to think of as we sit at jesus's feet that god the son and god the spirit are circling us as we claim what it said al talked about is that we've already received it and then we've added fasting Prayer and fasting, they go together. They're spiritual disciplines that are often linked together. The more we pray, the less anxious we become. The more we pray, the more content we find ourselves to be. And phone usage may not be your problem, but think about what is your distraction. Is it a relationship that's broken in your family? Is it unforgiveness that's in your heart? Is it health? What is it that distracts you, that keeps you from focusing, listening to the gospel? When you come into our subdivision, the way that I come into our subdivision, there's a a family that lives on the corner. And typically, you go by their house, their garage door is open, and their garage is a mess. Uh, And I am not one to criticize anybody whose garage is a mess. But I don't leave my garage door up. But, but their garage door is up, and, 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 but, but their kids are outside. I don't know how much they spend on sidewalk chalk, uh, but, the, but that's a large portion of their budget. Uh, and their, their toys are everywhere. Their bicycles are laying askew everywhere. Um, and, and that's on a daily basis. And those kids are out playing on the side, I mean, playing on the driveway, playing in the yard. And the parents typically, or one of them is standing in the garage. And that's every day. And the other day I was driving through the subdivision and the garage door was op- open and there was not a lot of toys out, but there was one seat and it was the oldest child that was sitting in the seat and just sitting there. And I'm saying oldest child, she's probably, I'm just guessing, she's probably eight or nine years old. 
And she was just sitting in this seat, and I thought when I saw it, and maybe it's because I was studying this passage, but I thought how powerful it is that here's this nine-year-old girl that's just sitting. And I think that's part of what we have to ask ourselves. I mean, as things begin to improve, and maybe you don't think they have yet, but, but if that's a month from now, five, five months from now, when things begin to improve, are you just going to fill your time with more space? I mean, you're going to fill your time with more busyness again. Have you learned anything during this pandemic that I need to, I need to be a little bit more like Mary? I need to find time to be able to sit and devote myself to hearing the Holy Spirit Allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Now, what I don't want you to walk away from is thinking that all we have to do is be Mary. Because there's times that we need to be Martha, right? I mean, last week in the message, I told you that as Jesus stood there and saw the 5,000 people, he turned to the disciples and he said, go give them something to eat. They had a response. See, we try to think of Mary and Martha's story as an either or. It's not. It's a both and. There are times in your life that you need to be more like Mary. And there's times in your life where you need to be more like Martha. Are you taking any time to allow the Holy Spirit to help you understand if you're more like Martha, what can I do to be more like Mary? And if I'm if I'm comfortable being Mary, what can I do to be more like Martha? Both and. I think that's what we draw from this, is that it's important to be both Mary and Martha. And I want to invite you this morning, as we think about receiving communion, I want you to think about the communion liturgy that we say each and every time we receive communion. And I want you to do something today that may be a little more difficult, probably more difficult for you at home than those in the sanctuary. I want to invite you to close your eyes, everybody. If you're at home and you're with your family and you're sitting on your sofa still, everybody close your eyes. Because our communion liturgy begins with Christ invites to his table all who love him and earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. And then we have a moment of confession where we confess our sin before God and each other. And so I invite you in this moment with your eyes closed to think about the distractions in your life. To confess to God where you are too worried, too anxious, too unnerved, too busy to engage the moment. Keep your eyes closed. 
I want you to hear this good news, church. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. If you'll allow me to translate or to transcribe or change it up a little bit, Christ died for us while we were distracted. Christ died for us while we were anxious. Christ died for us while we were too worried. That proves God's love towards us. And as you sit and think about the distractions in your life, keep your eyes closed again and I want you to hear this response. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. I invite you to open your eyes this morning. And I realize y'all probably think I cried everything, but if that doesn't bring tears to your eyes, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. But I want you to listen to how the liturgy keeps going. As forgiven and reconciled people, let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God. I believe even in that moment when you think about Mary and Martha, the reason it's a both and, I think we have to pause at Jesus' feet to realize that we are forgiven by God. But as reconciled and forgiven people, we offer ourselves as Martha does. See, I think we can sit at Jesus' feet and there are times that we need to and love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And I think there are times that we are Martha and we serve and we are serving God to love him with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength. What we have to do in this moment is ask for the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom to know when to be Mary and when to be Martha. Amen.